Okay, we're continuing our series called Getting Your Mojo Back. If you missed last Sunday, it's online, all right? So go back and listen to it. Last Sunday was really awesome, a great, great kickoff to this little series. And, um, you know, knowing that, that there is hope for your relationship, if you feel hopeless, there is help. There are specific things that you can do that will make a difference in your relationship. And please understand, if you're single sitting there going, well, this has nothing to do with me, please know this. It does, because this bleeds across every other relationship, including your relationship with God. And Jesus, just like I said, how you treat people, how you give to people, what you do for people, he says, you've done it unto me. And so as we're teaching this, please understand this relates to every, every relationship that we have, the principles are. But today I want to talk about something specific and it's called listen. Listen and how important that is. But before we go there, I want to kind of introduce a term that I, I'm sure someone else has used it, but this is something that I started using a long time ago. In talking to people, whether they were single or married, I started using the word marryable. Are you marryable? And the main reason people who are single don't find a spouse is because they're not living a marryable life. And the reason people that are married might lose their spouse is because they're not living a marryable life as a married person. If you're single and you want to be married, listen, the best advice you're going to ever receive is right here today, right now. And that is, begin living a marriable life. Begin living like you're married. Begin living your life in a responsible way. And if you're married and you want to continue to be married, the greatest advice you're going to ever get is right here, right now. And that is, live a married, a marriable life. Act like you're married. All right. You guys are still there. I hate rainy days. God help us. We need to take like a five-minute minute like espresso shot moment, right? And just pump you guys full of it, all right? All right. You guys are coming alive. I'm going to have to take these moments to do this. All right. A marriable person is someone who decides that they're going to be compatible, not contrary. And I, I was talking to a guy the other day, and he's been, he's been divorced for so many years, and he doesn't, he doesn't have a desire to be married anymore. And, uh, you know, I found a way to ask the question without asking the question, but the, the main question is, why don't you want to be married? I don't, not that you have to be. It's not the goal of life, right? That's not the goal of life, but why don't you want to be married? And so I found a way to ask the question without asking the question because that's just an awkward question to ask. And he answered the question by saying, well, hey, I can come and go anytime I want to. I, want to. I, can, I can go anywhere I want to go. I can do it with anyone I want to do it with, whatever it is I want to do. I can go and buy a motorcycle or a truck every six months of my life and not have to worry about anybody saying, what'd you do that for? And by the time he was finished, I was like, why am I getting married? <laughs> Just kidding. What was he saying? Yeah. What was he saying? He was saying, I'm not marryable. And I know it, and I'm okay with that. And that's okay for him. And I'm getting married because I am marryable, and I want a wife. I don't want to live the rest of my life without somebody. Uh, so those are the choices that we make, right? So um, 
That may be why he ended up divorced in the first place. He wasn't marriable, most likely. But if you're single and you're living a responsible life, you're worshiping God, you're living healthy, you're being responsible with your finances, you're, you're building long-term relationships, you're not, stay, you're not getting addicted to stuff and you're staying free from all of that stuff. You see, those are signs if you're single that one day you're going to find the right person and they're going to latch onto you and want you in their life. And if you're married and you're, you're living a responsible life, like I said, you're worshiping God, you're staying healthy, you're spending responsibly, and, and you're building long-term relationships in your life, not just with your spouse, but you've got friends and you're building a support system, and you're staying free from the stuff that will bring addiction into your life. If you're doing that, you will, you will have no problem staying married so long as your spouse is doing that too. You see, but you got to understand also that none of the things that I just listed are reasons to ever get divorced. So even though those are marriable characteristics, they're not the things that are necessary. They're not the things that are going to, if, if someone is breaking the rules on those, those are not reasons for divorce. It just means, here's the thing, those are the things that end up leading to divorce. Because someone gets so dissatisfied and they start, they end up going off and doing their own thing. And it's wrong and it hurts and it destroys the marriage. So for the next few minutes, though, understanding that, living a marriable life, whether you're married or not, if you want good relationships even, not just a marriage, living a good and responsible life, even if you don't want to get married. But if you do want to get married, this is the way. Be marriable. But today we're talking about, listen, listen. Not long ago, I was meeting with a couple and they were both just exasperated. I mean, by the time they get to me, they're like, okay, we're ready to throw in the towel. We're finished. Do you have any hope for us? And I sat there and listened to them for about 45 minutes. Listen to him, listen to her, tell all of their grievances and the whole time I was sitting there praying, Jesus, you always just cut straight to the core of anything. Would you please do that? Because I really would like to get back to Amy. <laughs> just being honest. Help me to just cut straight through whatever it is here that needs to, you know, obviously I wanted to help them. I wanted God to be able to help them. And you know, it's so awesome. He did. He said, all right, ask this one question. What hurts your husband? What hurts your wife? So when they got finished, I said, okay, one question. Started with him. What hurts your wife? Well, she doesn't like it when people ignore her. She doesn't. <laughs> he started down this list. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a second. Stop right there. Let me ask it again. What do you do? that hurts your wife. Well, and he started on this whole long list and he sat there for a few minutes just telling me, this is, this is what hurts her. And when he stopped, I said, you know, that's really interesting. I've only known your wife for almost an hour here, but I already know the entire list of what hurts her that you do. None of which you just included in what you just said. She said she doesn't like it when you're on the internet with other women to start with. That hurts. 
That wasn't even in his list. I said, she doesn't like it when you do this. She hurts when you do this. It hurts when you do this. And it hurts when you do this. And she's sitting over there going, yes. Somebody finally told him. And so I said, okay. Looked at her. What do you do that hurts your husband? Uh, well, he doesn't like it when I do this and this and this and this. I said, okay. Let her finish. Hmm, guess what? Now, one thing you just said is what he told me just a little bit ago. I've only known you guys for a little bit of time here. What is, you're not listening to each other. You're not even listening to what each other's grievances are. You're not listening to how you're hurting each other at all. And they just sat there and told it to me right there in front of each other. It's just amazing how we don't listen to what we do to hurt each other. Jesus had the same problem with people. Over and over, you can see it where Jesus would say, and one version of it says it this way, whoever has ears, let him hear. Let him hear. If you got ears, please listen. Jesus was like, come on, guys. Are you paying attention? Another version says, are you listening? Are you listening to me? Really listening? Are you paying attention to what I have to say? Jesus had the same problem when he was on earth. He was having conversations with people, and they might have been looking at him, but they weren't paying attention at all. How many of you do that to other people? I'm raising my hand because I do that. And there are so many times that, that my kids or even Amy will be talking to me, and I will stop them and I'll say, I'm sorry, I just went ADD. I don't have a clue what you said a few minutes ago, you know? Could you please say it again? I'm not trying to be rude. I just wasn't listening. How many of you have had that problem? And it's okay for you to stop them and do that. And if they get mad at you, just know, hey, at least I was trying to listen to you. I missed it. I go ADD. All of a sudden, I jump a rabbit and I start talking or thinking in my mind about something else. And it's hard. So it's proper to go, oh, wait a second. I missed that. Can you tell me that again? I've probably done that to some of you guys. <laughs> yeah, his Jesus's point here is this. You have the ability to listen and understand properly what others are saying. He's saying you can understand what other people are saying. They're speaking your language. You can understand them. At least get an interpreter and ask questions until you really do understand them. And if you're deaf, guess what? There's sign language. You can type now. You can text now. And you can understand what people are saying. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but I get texts from people and it's like, oh my goodness, what are they saying? And I have to ask them, can you please say that in other words? I'm not quite sure what you mean by that text. Ask to understand, right? Try to get the information. You can understand it. That's what Jesus was saying. If you have ears to hear, listen to what I'm saying. You can understand what I am saying is what Jesus was saying. He's saying you have the ability to listen and understand what God is saying. And you don't have to live in this dark world where you can't understand what God is saying. God has some code that I don't, I don't get. It's he speaks in code. And Jesus is like, no, that's not the case. You can understand it. You can get what I'm saying if you want to. 
There are so many times that people don't want to hear what I'm actually saying from up here. And so what they do is they'll either just go off into la-la land while I'm preaching because they don't want to hear what God might be saying to them today. Or they'll even, they'll even come up with stuff that I didn't say just to accuse or to say, hey, this is, I'm not going to listen to that guy because he said this. And it's just, that's what we as humans do. And it's, it, Jesus didn't have the luxury of putting his sermons on YouTube where people can go back and say, oh, well, he's vindicated, right? His point was this, you have the ability to listen and properly understand and interpret what God is saying to you. And at the same time, you have the ability to listen and properly understand the people in your life, your spouse, your relationships. But so often, we don't want to hear what they really have to say. Or we're just too busy. And we don't listen. Because you have ears, you have the ability to listen and understand properly what your spouse is saying. What has your wife been saying? It's not just an ability, it's a responsibility. What has your husband been saying? It's a responsibility that you have to understand. When she says, guys, I need some help with the trash, what did you hear? Did you hear, well, I'm about to take out the trash, and if you hear me struggling, will you come help me? Is that what you heard? Because that's not what she said. You weren't really listening. What did she really say? Would you please pause the game and come take the trash out for me? I'm not going to help you. <laughs> that's what she really said. When your husband says, oh, I really like your hair. It's beautiful today. What did you hear? Did you hear your hair has been absolutely disgusting since the day we met? Every day since we met, your hair has been absolutely awful, except for today. It looks really good. Is that what you heard? Because that's not what he said. Come on, guys. <laughs> I love this one. Where would you like to go eat, honey? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Where would you like to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? It really doesn't matter to me. Well, it really doesn't matter to me. What are, what are we doing here? Just what, what are we doing? <laughs> That's what we're thinking, right, guys? And, and you know, uh, come on. I'm, I'm good with Burger King, so let that be our guide. I don't care what you want. You're the one that might want something or not want something a little more than me. No, it really doesn't matter to me. Okay, well, how about Burger, Burger King then? No. <laughs> and, and oftentimes what she actually heard you say when, when you ask the question, where do you want to go eat? She actually heard you say, what is the cheapest way I can get by with feeding you tonight? And that's really not what we were saying. But we also weren't saying, you know, hey, it's open, open all the way up to three forks, right? And when she says, I don't know, where do you want to go? Did you hear her ask? I really want to know where you want to go because seriously, I'm good with Burger King. Because if you really heard that, then you're, you're completely misunderstanding. So the question is, what are they really saying? What are you really trying to get to? And are, is the heart coming through? The communication, the danger that you and I face on these issues 
is all the communication that's coming into your body, all the communication that's coming into your senses is potentially being filtered through your corrupt heart. Jeremiah wrote about our corrupt heart. This is what the Lord said. The heart is deceitful above all things. Everybody say all things. And it is desperately wicked. Desperately is beyond wicked, isn't it? Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. And he's like, it's difficult. You guys aren't even going to understand this because it's so desperately wicked. And you're going to think you have a pure heart, a good heart. And you watch Lifetime and you hear that, oh, just trust your heart and follow your heart. And everything will work out in your life. How many of you tried that and it didn't work? And he says, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. That's what I'm trying to accomplish. God says, I want to give you good things. I want to give you fruit in your life. But your heart has got to be dealt with. And when your spouse takes what you said and misinterprets something that you said, or when someone, a friend or a family member or somebody in your life takes and misinterprets something that you've said, what's happened is, is they're taking your information that you've given to them, what you've spoken to them, and they've filtered it through their corrupt heart. And it came out something different than what you meant. You see, the corrupt heart is motivated by fear, fear that they're going to be mistaken or fear that they're going to be taken, fear that someone's going to use them, fear that someone's going to abuse them, fear that someone is going to leave them. And it's all filtered through that fear. A corrupt heart is also motivated by jealousy. These are the things I want. They're going to get that before I get it. The corrupt heart is motivated by bitterness. Things that happened in the past, things that they processed in the past, and they look at you and say, well, they're going to do the same thing. I've heard these words before, and they misinterpret what you said, and they misinterpret your heart. The corrupt heart is also motivated by greed, by sloth. I want to be lazy. I don't want to do any more. And greed, I want more, more, more. And it just, everything is filtered through this corrupt heart. The corrupt heart is motivated by self-preservation. I just need to survive whatever it takes for me to survive. I just need to get through this day. And so all the information coming into you, even right now, can be filtered through that corrupt heart. There's so many reasons why we're motivated to filter life's information through that corrupt heart. But God says, don't do that. Change where that change, where all of that is being filtered through. Remember, like on your hose, you can put one of those those hose things on the bib and it gives you the opportunity for two hoses to come off different directions. Just imagine switching that in your heart to say, all right, instead of filtering that to my corrupt heart through my corrupt heart, I'm going to use it through my my blessed and God-given spirit that God has given me. You see, marriable people filter their life through the life-giving spirit and and, and that came alive in them when they accepted Christ into their lives. That's where God expects us to begin filtering the information of life. And guess what happens? Immediately, you become a sane person. Instead of misunderstanding people all the time, all of a sudden, you give people the benefit of the doubt. You trust that, hey, Hey, everybody is just trying to get along and I need to filter that through the fact that God has provided for me eternal life and I don't have to protect myself anymore. I can just trust that God's got me and everything be, can be filtered through that life giving spirit that he brought alive inside of you. Change the direction of people's words from your corrupt heart being filtered through that into being filtered through that other 
and you will find more sanity in your relationships. Marriable people listen to understand. Listen to understand. They don't listen so that they can win the fight. They don't listen so that they can get the next word in. In fact, what happens is, is they're sitting there. We oftentimes, if we're not marriable, we'll be sitting there thinking about what we're going to say next in the fight instead of listening to what they're trying to say. And when you listen to understand, what do you do? You're able to repeat back. Hey, this is what I heard you say. Am I right? Am I interpreting this properly? Does this make sense? Is this what you're saying? Help me to understand what you just said. They listen to understand. And if you walk away from a conversation offended, hurt, angry, frustrated, listen to me, please. You have the responsibility to make sure that you properly interpreted that conversation. It's a responsibility. If you walk away from a conversation and you're hurt, frustrated, angry, you also have the responsibility to make sure that you've properly interpreted that information. Are you guys with me? What if your spouse didn't say what you thought they said? And you find out later that it was that one conversation that was misunderstood that brought divorce. I'll never forget one day I was sitting in a small group years ago using the material that we're using now on Wednesday nights. And during that small group, one of the guys, his name was Dan, all of a sudden he just goes, oh. and I stopped. I said, Dan, what's going on? Anything you want to share? And he shook his head and he said, man, been 13 years since my divorce and this is the first time I realized it was my fault. Wow. I blew it. I got to go call my ex-wife. What if you completely misinterpret something God has said? Big stuff on the line. Eternal life. What if you completely misinterpret something that I have said? And don't clarify it. You'll throw your church family away that quick. And then find out years later, oh, I misunderstood. What did I do that for? Your marriage. Relationship with your kids. Listen to understand. Marriable people also listen without assuming they're innocent. When you believe you're innocent, try to get this. When you believe you're innocent, well, I'm the innocent one. I'm the one that has good motives. When you just believe that you're innocent, I have a good heart. That's not what scripture says. It's easy for you to also be the victim in life. In every conversation, in every relationship, you can find yourself to be the victim. Because you can find the things that, are, that make you the victim because, well, I'm innocent. And what they said hurt me. And it's easy to go down that road all the time. 
And people who are always getting offended are always are also very comfortable with being victims in life. And if you're single and you want to get married, listen, you got to just stop believing you're right. Understand that it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to do the wrong thing at times. Just go, go back and make it right. Don't pretend you didn't do it. And know that it's okay for you to be wrong. That's what love covers, right? And the only way for you to constantly feel right or to be innocent is if you can find fault in what others are saying. And, and, and if that's what your focus is, to try to be innocent, then you're missing the whole point of grace. And your relationships are going to struggle from that. Listen, just because you think something doesn't mean you're right. Just because you have a thought, it doesn't mean that it was right. You could be wrong. And please understand, it's okay. How many of you feel the grace in knowing that it's okay to be wrong? That's what God gave us through Christ. He's saying, hey, you're all wrong, and it's okay to be wrong. There's grace that covers that, and love covers over a multitude of sin, as we talked about last Sunday. James David, would you come? The Apostle Paul was passionate. Listen to this. The Apostle Paul was passionate about getting rid of Jesus' followers. He was passionate about it. He knew he was right. I am right. I can get rid of Jesus' followers, and I will be a great man in the kingdom of God. He thought Jesus was a hoax. And so he's going around. He's hunting down Christians, and he's killing them. He's throwing them in prison as well. And he's destroying the church, the New Testament church. Why? Because I'm right. And all the while, he was wrong. And what happens in a situation like that? When you're hunting down the followers of Jesus and you're declaring it's a hoax, it's a hoax, it's a hoax, and you're riding along on your donkey and the scripture says he's breathing out murderous threats. I want to kill those Christians. That's what it literally says. And Jesus knocks him off his donkey. He was wrong. right as he thought he was. He wasn't. And we've got to stop feeling like we're innocent and the need to be innocent. I don't need to be right. I just need to listen and understand, especially when I hurt somebody. If you misunderstand someone, there's normally three reasons that that happens. One, they're either, they may be a poor communicator. And again, if they're a poor communicator, it's your responsibility to clarify what they said if it hurt you. You follow me? Secondly, you wanted to believe that they said something wrong. Maybe you just wanted to believe they said something wrong so that you don't have to listen to them again. Or third, it could be that maybe you have a mental or emotional problem and you need some help. And if that's the case, get help. Listen to the people in your life that are hurting. Do you want to make big mistakes in life, based, big decisions in life based on, on misinterpretations? No. Marriable people listen to make changes that help. Listen so that you can make changes that help. The couple that I started with, this sermon with, that couple, I saw the guy the other day. I said, how are you guys doing? We're listening to each other. It's a good start. 
they really saying? What's really being said? And both of them are making changes that show that they actually love each other. Like we talked about last Sunday, they forgot they love, but they remembered this week they love each other. And if you don't listen to the changes that need to be made, if you don't listen to make changes, listen to me. Please listen. If you don't listen to make changes in your relationships, the changes are going to be made for you. And when those changes are made, they're irreversible. But if you listen to make changes, you can tweak them, you can fix them, you can go back and adjust them, you can go back and change them. But once those decisions are made, without you because you just didn't make those changes. They're done. What is your husband really telling you, ladies? Really? All he thinks about is one thing. What's he really telling you? He wants to be close to you. What's your wife trying to say? really listening because somewhere in there I guarantee you there's a I want to be close to you again would you listen to me fighting for life and sometimes that's what I, I see in couples they're fighting for life and both of them have oxygen tanks to give to each other his that he has will only work for her and hers that she has will only work for him. And they're like, no, I'm not going to give it to you. Not until you, not until you break a little. And so the relationship dies. What is God telling you? Are you listening? Really listening? listening. Would you bow your heads? I would wager that if I asked you this question face to face, eye to eye, what are you doing that hurts your spouse? that it's very possible that you really don't know. I would hope that's not the case, but it's possible. Do you know what would hurt your spouse? Are you listening? Really listening? Have they given up on communicating with you? Father, we thank you that you have communicated so clearly to us what you like and what you don't like. And it's up to us as to whether or not we listen to you, have this relationship with you, and help us, oh God, to do that. And help us also in our marriages, 
in our relationships, our friendships, here at church, at work, to really listen to the people around us. And today I specifically pray, Father, for the marriages that are represented here or maybe those that are single and want to be married, that God, you would help us to be married. You would help us to live a life that honors relationships, a life that's not built around selfishness and what we ourselves want, but God, how to be close to each other. God, give us the wisdom and ability to listen and actually hear what our spouse needs. Needs us to stop doing needs us to start doing. God, I pray that you'd give us supernatural courage to begin to pursue that, even though there's hurt feelings and past and struggles, that God, we would be able to put the oxygen mask on our spouses and help them through their pain, help them through their struggle, and in so doing, God, restore in Jesus' name.